It's two o'clock. Two o'clock. Time for trippy music and trippy talking. On some call me Tim. I should be saying Om. Oh yeah. Uh, this is some call me Tim. It's this uh, show where we talk to a different person every week about God, gods, the afterlife, what they believe or don't believe. It's really open and free form. And today we have our first Jew on the program. Please welcome no. Adam Rubenfeld. Yay! Yay! Clap for himself. Someone's got to. Yay! Uh, so welcome to Some Call Me Tim. Uh, do you know why it's called Some Call Me Tim? Uh, I'm going to imagine that's something to do with Monty Python. That's absolutely correct. From the Holy Grail, the search for the Holy Grail, the search for um, God and his strange artifacts. Um and the the enchanter tim the enchanter i i love that idea that like god is ultimate and powerful and created everything yet somehow he lost some of his shit like he got drunk and he like left a bowl somewhere and now you have to get it well i mean the holy grail is um what that you if you drink out of it you become immortal what did we, did we learn in in um the third indiana jones is that what we learned they were looking for the holy grail because yeah. if you sip out of it you live forever yeah, you sip uh, and and that it's a it's a plain cup, and that Nazis are opulent assholes. Ah, you choose right. the wrong every time. Choose always choosing the wrong. Yeah. Uh, it looks like we're having a phone call, but it's probably going to be Sweet Gale. So I'm going to give you the choice. Do you want to talk to her or not? I will talk to anyone. Do you know who Sweet Gale is? Nope. Okay, you don't want to talk to Sweet Gale. <laughs> She's not so sweet. Um. Well, Sweet Gale is the reason that I see he's wearing a really amazing shirt that has. Uh, the late Robin Williams all over it. Um, and it's really, oh, it's a jacket, excuse me. It's a hoodie. Yeah. And it's super <laughs> rad. But uh, we got the opportunity, we as in me, as in the Queen, uh, and a bunch of other comedians, to see Robin Williams live. He actually came to Dirty Tricks back when it was Dirty Tricks. Uh, the Sylvans used to do a Wednesday open mic at Dirty Tricks. And Robin Williams showed up because it used to be the Holy City Zoo where he used to work out and do his own open mics in the late 70s and early 80s um i would so he, make him my deity in a second well he came and he did a he, he did a um a performance and because of sweet gale we had to cut it short he <laughs> said to everybody please let this be an intimate moment with us do not tape me i will take pictures with everybody after i will sign whatever you want me to say. just don't tape this set because i'm just messing around and I don't want to burn this material and I don't want it on the internet please please just be with me here uh, did you get to a five count before someone took their phone out well it was sweet Gail and she was sitting in the front row and he asked her twice he said excuse me ma'am could you please not film me and she refused to stop filming him so he stopped so he only did like six minutes America right he could have done he's like I would have done 20 minutes for you guys if you would have not filmed me but she filmed him so he got like maybe six minutes in. Uh, I gave him a copy of my book, though. That was exciting. That's and cool. um, Yeah, and then, tragically. We don't think that that's the cause, though, right? Oh, he read my book and then killed himself? No, I don't uh, think that that's okay. the cause, no. Okay, good. So uh, you just said that Robin Williams would be your, your deity. Uh, do you believe in God? I do. You do? I do. Do you believe in, like, Yahweh, like the Judeo-Christian one singular God? Uh... Well, I'm, I'm a very, I'm a, uh, the way I view Judaism is sort of like, I'm going into the grocery store of Judaism and picking out the things I like and right. leaving out the things I don't. And 
this Paula like yes potato pancakes like big like big like uh Vilta fish no 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 not uh the Torah the Torah uh Torah Torahs I'm I'm pretty down for the Torah um, dreidels dreidels so down for dreidels that was my first introduction to gambling oh wow was dreidels right gimel what, hell yeah you give me the- all <laughs> hey, you get half, none, you get nothing. Shin, you have to put one in. Aha, uh-huh. and you play with chocolate coins. Yeah, or like if you're uh, cool, uh, pennies. Mmm. Yeah. Making money. That's right. I was a dollar At the a dollar At the end of that. <laughs> uh, so, what are the parts of uh, Judaism that you pick out of the Northwest grocery store that you enjoy? So, I I like. Um, I treat everything kind of like Aesop fables. Like there's there's some cool stuff. It's like uh, some some of the more realistic things where it's just like, hey dude, don't kill people. And uh, you know the, the people who are in power enslaving other people get their kind of comeuppance when they drown in a river. Right. And and just like the, the whole uh, you know I'm I'm not a big word is the word kind of guy. I'm just sort of like, well, how can I take this and use it in my life without being a giant dick? Ah. Yeah, that's, that's generally how I do it. I mean, I have a sacrilegious item already. I have, I have like a Star of David oh tattoo. Oh my God, you have a Star of David tattoo on your chest. Which, yeah. if people don't know, Jews are not supposed to get tattoos, which was one of the reasons, it's it's in the Old Testament, but it's one of the reasons that what Hitler did was so egregious, is that once you have a tattoo, you can no longer be buried in a Jewish cemetery, and he gave everyone in the Holocaust tattoos. <laughs> yeah, fake Trump at that roast really burned me on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the fact that I had it. I figure it's like, oh, I'm taking it back. I, I grew up in the suburbs, and there are not a lot of Jews in the suburbs. Like, you, you've, we, we both share a common uh, 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 youth, you know, grow up time. You grew up in Danville? Yeah, time in hell. Yeah, yeah, from fourth grade all through high school. What? I was over in Danville. Which, go, which did you go to, Monta Vista or Santa Rosa? We already I, had this conversation when I was drunk. No, we did not. Uh, you were high. But uh, <laughs> went to, um, I went to San Ramon. As did I. Which they gave their kids Mustangs anyway. Right. Yeah, because mm-hmm. there's no cool car for Wolf on it. So People made fun of me in, in high school because I had a Hyundai Scoop, and it wasn't a nicer car. Nice. I had a 91 uh, Toyota Celica. But you are significantly younger than I am. You graduated from high school in... Oh, 03? I'm oh, not trying to date you. Three. Is that bad? No, it's fine. I graduated okay. from San Ramon in 92. Okay, I uh, I could tell you what grade I was in in '92, but I don't want you to cry. Was you're the same age as my boyfriend? You're 30. You just turned 30. Uh, 31. 31. Just 31. turned 31. Just, yeah, Jonathan just turned 31 too. You're you born in '85. Yes, I was. So, uh, you did you have Mrs. Spear? Was she still there? She for was science a, for sa- biology. Uh, Sabatini was my English teacher, and apparently she was there since they built the place. What about um, Lisa Condon? Did you have her? She was AP English. No, I know, I know who Condon was. I didn't have her. I had uh, for AP English senior year. I had Mr. Alt. I love Mr. Alt. Oh, oh my, my God, God. we Mr. did Tai Chi during class. I love Mr. Alt. I can't believe he, that was so great that he's still teaching there. That that well, he late. probably think, not anymore. But yeah, my sister didn't get him. It was kind of sad. He retired by then. He he was my junior year uh, advanced whatever English class, and it was really difficult because uh, Jeremy Orvik was in the class, and I had a huge crush on him, and I used to stare at this place behind his ear on the back of his neck, and his hair was kind of long like he had a mullet, and it sort of curled up, and I, it was so hard for me to pay attention in class because I just was staring at Jeremy Orvik. Uh, but Mr. Alt, he had us, I remember the first day we were supposed to tell everybody what kind of plant we were. 
oh. as sort of a an allegory of who we are. And we had to stand up in front of the class and write a little paragraph about I am a blank. He he updated that it was like which movie character oh, are God. you? And uh, and I said that I was uh, Barf from Spaceballs oh, because that's I thought that was funny at the time. Right. Yeah, yeah, that is super funny. Yeah, I couldn't tell him why. I didn't have a good reason. I just wanted to say barf in front of class because yeah. I was, you know, 16 and I thought that would be fun. I um, said that I was a cactus and he and why and stuff. And I said, because I'm soft and gushy on the inside, but really prickly on the outside because I got to keep myself safe. And he's like, I don't think that's true at all. And I was like, come on, like, <laughs> I, you're going to nick it. Anyways, he gave me a B plus once for this assignment we had to... Um, uh, and I was usually an A student. But was we, it the Descend in the Darkness? No, it was. Uh, we had to do an interview with a person and then write this, like, 10-page thing, handwritten. With, it was You had to interview someone, oh, and then you wrote uh, this story. Yeah, I think them. we did it. Every 11th grader had to do that in San Ramon. They, like, stopped doing it, at, like, two years after me. But, yeah, I remember that. I had to, like, uh, interview someone at a, a crisis counseling well, I was supposed to interview someone, and I didn't, so I made up a fictional story. I actually found it recently awesome. about a man named Dusty Rhodes who worked up in the hills, you know, behind the—I used to be across country at Blemmy's. There was a run that we did called Blemmy's, and there was Blemmy's Field, and I made up this whole history about this guy and the stories he told me. Completely fictional piece, 12 pages long. Totally perfect. My writing was perfect. My hand script. <laughs> it was so great. And he gave me a B plus and I asked him and he said, you know why? Because <laughs> he knew that I didn't interview anybody. I just wrote a fictional story. But isn't that better? Isn't that more creative? Doesn't that show That's truly that like I'm like, English, yeah. yeah, I wrote a fictional, I wrote a 12 page fictional yes. story about I somebody. brought a fictional man to life in front of you. Dusty Rhodes. Uh, although you could have been watching like WWF in the '80s, like that could have also that might have been it. I don't know. Might, might have been how you got it. I know. I just thought it was cute because I was like, uh, and I made him this old person. And anyways, it was funny. Yeah. Uh, Timothy Pizza has joined us. Hello. I didn't. I'm sorry that we're talking so much about Santa. Uh, Timothy Pizza went to Monta Vista. No, it's a deal. De Sao. De Sao. De Sao. Oh, De so you were athletic. No, I'm at Club Pizza. Saint Isidore's. That's right. Oh, really? The only thing I did in the dugout was smoke weed and get busted. Ha, 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 You're supposed um, to work on the first part of that and then stay away from the latter part of that. Right, right, right. Well, you know, 99% of the time, I get busted. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good. Do you believe in marijuana, Adam Rubenfeld? Uh, that it exists? Well, uh, no, like, yes. are you, are you going to vote yes on Prop 64? Oh, yeah, or? no, hell yeah, I'm not, because uh, my whole thing is that I don't care what you do as long as it's negatively affecting a society, and that's one of those things that is not. Like, I, I smoked pot twice in 2004. That was the last time I felt like doing it. I have nothing against it. I may do it again. I may not, but uh, I'm not going to blemish anyone else's right to do it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, you're like, you're like one of these, you're, what, what would you call your Judaism, like a... Like the new school is because you're oh, not orthodox. Yeah. You, do you eat do you eat bacon? So no, I don't. I eat turkey bacon. Okay, or, or but you don't eat bacon. any of the pork. No pork, no shellfish, no, no mixing, shellfish. no mixing meat and milk. Okay, you so want me? you keep it dairy. You okay. keep it dairy. Okay. Wow. Okay, you want you want to hear cost root laws? Let's yeah. go down some cost root laws. All right, land mammals has to have true hooves. So uh, like flat hooves, like. Uh, you got the uh, goats, cows, all that. Goats are good. And chew its own cud. Yes, goats are delicious. Um, 
So pigs have the split hooves, so right. they don't have true hooves. And the whole chew its own cud thing is where it's like the animal eats something and then pukes it up and sends it back to another stomach. Right, the four-stomached cow, yes. Yeah, that thing. They so eat grass. You can eat you can eat those guys. Well, now they eat corn, mesh, and, you know, to fatten them up real quick. Right. That's a different podcast. <laughs> um, so that's land mammals. You can have any domesticated fowl. Uh, which which I had an argument with my rabbi over eating an ostrich burger at Fuddruckers because it literally says in the Torah, don't eat an ostrich. Why? But I said it because they weren't domesticated at the time. Now we got oh. ostrich farms. I was like, hey, rabbi, you said domesticated fowl. So isn't this cool? He's like, well, it specifically states on that. I was like, well, you know what? I'm just going to go by this first sentence that says that because I'm going to eat an ostrich burger. Cause what about delicious. emu? Emu is also delicious. I I have not had an emu I'm sure that's also on the naughty list uh, just anything that they could imagine in like ancient Sumeria that uh, people would never own uh, they probably said you can't eat that but pigeons well I guess they don't pigeons because they were squab yeah and quails you could keep them in a pen and chickens yeah turkeys. yeah you can have plenty of those chickens but uh, what was it so uh, alright so that's foul so uh, under the water you cannot have any uh, bottom feeders you have to have fish that has uh, scales and fins. So that means 99% of fish I can eat, but I can't have catfish, swordfish, or a flounder. Wow, because it's has the two eyes on top of it and it flips around. You couldn't eat like manta ray or anything. Because that's kind of like a, or a bottom skate. Because they don't have scales. You can't have a skate. A skate also has no scales. They have like a skin like a ray. What about like an eel? Uh, no, because they don't have scales. Eels, yeah. Oh, man. Missing out. No, scales. I'm missing out on eels. Yeah, no, they hate me at sushi restaurants. What about is... eggs, like uni or something? Like, Or no, not uni. Uni is sea urchin. Oh, no, I can have... Uh... Sea urchin has spines. Sea urchins. You can't have What's, sea urchin. Is it, is it ikura? Ikura is the, the, the salmon row or something? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can have that guy. Okay. I, and I can have the flying fish row. Is that Tobiko? Right. Yeah, Tobiko. I just can't have masago because that's shrimp eggs. Oh, you can't have yeah, shrimp. Yeah, no shrimp, no lobster. No crab. Although I tell you what, I was bred to be like an observant Jew because I'm deathly allergic to shrimp and lobster. Huh. I, I, it just worked out that way. And I'm like, cool, I'm not supposed to eat that anyway. Might as well. Yeah, then you're fine. And uh, no shellfish, no scallops? No, no scallops, no clams, no no mollusks, not, none it's of a that. It's very complicated religion. I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I don't think I could abide to it. I don't think I could abide to it. Oh, it, it's it's sort of easy if you've never had it, so you can't like feel right. like you're missing out on well, something. Like I haven't had pork, so ever right. I don't care. Carnitas is pretty good. Uh, so, but this is we should get into it philosophically. Why is restricting food in religions considered sort of religious? Every religion that has laws they restrict you dietarily what is it for the suffering yes it's voluntary suffering this is what i believe this isn't like it's written down anywhere but i believe right, no, that's sort of like the voluntary suffering to honor god or whatever your concept of god is is considered highly religious like i will make myself suffer for you uh, anorexics must be really really religious quick question uh, i want to debate the Okay, you bring up a good point. Yeah. I just put that uh, as a word for it. It's sort of like I, the only way that I'm, I'm suffering is that everyone's around me going like, you've never had a cheeseburger. I'm like, no, I never had a cheeseburger. Yeah, but it's not suffering if it's something you choose to do. You're not like sitting there going, oh, fuck, I want that cheeseburger. 
Uh, some, sometimes, sometimes like I'll see crab legs and that shit looks delicious and I just won't have it because I know I'm not supposed to. See, but the theory, there's a theory. And I'm the only one imposing that on myself. Like, I, I don't think that it's like, I'm going to burn in hell if I do it. It's just one of those, like, I, I don't know. It's like, I, I kind of like reverence, respect kind of deal. Right. That's like, it, it's a deal that works out for me. But why that you, I understand the shellfish and I understand the pigs well, because. Well, for your health. I mean, that's probably. Well, originally. Yeah. Oh, well, that pigs are not good for you. Well, and pigs wallow in their own poo and they eat anything. Yes. Just yeah. like, and just like sweat. bottom feeders, yeah. just like I, lobsters. I, they eat dead people and dead things off the ground. You bring up a fantastic point because I tried to figure out, I had this whole like uh, questioning phase, which is another thing I love about Judaism is that you're supposed to question everything, argue every point. Uh, Jacob, before he was redubbed uh, uh, Yisrael, uh, like wrestled with an angel and on that spot, like, you know, there was like a, a a ladder to heaven Jacob's in, ladder in his dream so it's sort of like he became more holy when he wrestled with God right so that's why I love about that's why Jews argue so well because it's almost a tenet of the religion but like that's why I argue with the rabbi it's like oh yeah well you know ostriches and domesticated fowl so I'm just gonna go and enjoy this burger but um, it is they, you do enjoy it very much they're, they're very 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 good oh they're so good yeah they're they so taste good. like beef I mean they're pretty much almost better even they it's like a clean I don't know it's really good yeah it's right it's, it's like a, it's like a meaty bird it's like chicken plus right like that's how I would describe it but no all right sure was weird, so yeah. I've tr I tried to find out like what what could possibly be like there's there's the Bible reason and that's what some dude wrote uh, and then there's the actual reason and I found out because I uh, worked at a bar and I talked to a charcuterer uh huh which is a fun word to say say it charcuterer charcuterer Char it? and they make charcuterie charcuterie yes which charcuterie. I could not eat any of it except for she did have some beef jerky that was pretty good and they they make a, a bressoala which is a, a cured uh, the the beef uh, the tenderloin of beef that you yeah. salt cure it and then slice it super thin. That's really good one. So so historically, pigs would not last. The Jews supposedly wandered for forty years in the desert. So there's uh, uh, um, pigs are filthy animals and they'll they'll eat, you know, what you give them and then anything else they find, including their own shit. So basically, eating them after a certain amount of days of no clean food uh, would be uh, poisonous. Like they they would you would literally be poisoning yourself eating their meat. Their meat goes bad. Wow. So so you can't have them, whereas, like, uh, goats and cows are more grazing animals. You know, uh, pigs not going to eat the grass on the ground. Right, right. Yeah, so so that, like, historically, I figured out, I was like, oh, that's why we don't eat pigs. I, I, I thought it was either that or it was, like, a class system thing. Like, oh, you know, the Egyptians were, like, high and mighty, and they got to eat pigs because, you know, pigs don't carry shit. So all they do is get fat and then we eat them. You know, they don't give milk, they don't do anything else. Whereas like the oxen are, you know, the Jews were slaves in Egypt. So they, they could, like when the oxen died, they could eat the oxen because that was the work animal. So they didn't care. So, you know, we, we can have the goats and we can have the cows and the stuff that did all the other things. But like the, the pigs, that was highfalutin food. And we just don't, uh, we don't want to, we don't want to touch that. I think that goat, I call goat the pig of lamb because it's like a light, like lamb is kind of darker. Yeah. darker red and I feel like goat is like a paler meat and it's more delicate and it's like it's the pig of lamb. Goat is good. That's part of the reason why I love Indian food. You get some Dom biryani and it is fantastic. Plus goat is good if you're on a diet because you get this giant thing of meat and 
more than half of it is bones. So you can't eat more than half of the thing you ordered. So you actually, you can be like, like oh, I only ate half my plate. There we go. I'm being good. So dietary restrictions. Explain to me the dairy thing. I mean, I understand you can't eat meat and milk right. together, but why? So, what is the reasoning behind it? Milk is a source of life. It is what, you know, the the baby sups from the mother. So uh, the, the, you know, burger, meat, whatever, uh, that is a dead animal. So they consider it sort of blasphemous that you're coating on top of this dead animal the thing that's supposed to be sustaining life. Huh. So that that's that's sort of like putting them together is is a blasphemy. You're you're mixing life and death. Wow. So okay. That that was that was how it was told to me. The other thing I love about Judaism is that uh, you know there's the Torah, which is you know the first five books. You got gen- I, I was good in Hebrew school. Like my, my my dad was a cantor. I'm a cantor son, so I have all this. So you got you know you got your Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And then you have a whole book called Talmud, which is basically a book of people arguing about the stuff that they said in those books. Huh. So, so yay Judaism is all about arguing. Um, they are the ones that came up with like all the kashrut law and all that, that fun stuff and the mixing life and death. And it, it, it's like it wasn't necessarily in the Torah kind of thing, but it's it's... It's one of those interesting things. It's like, okay, so some dude wrote this, and then a thousand years later, some dude was arguing about it, and then we do stuff because some guy was arguing about how he interpreted the thing. Like, you just, <laughs> it, you, you find different interpretations from different people. Right. Yeah, so that, that's, that's been the fun part of that. Uh, I, I had a question in my head, and then it started flashing, and it, and it fell out. Oh, do you still say, uh, do you sing the sing the song and do the prayer over every time you eat? Do you do the Baruch Adonah? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, all that, all that fun, all the prayers. And do you do, do you, um, sh- do you do the Shabbos? Do you do Shabbat on Friday night and do the prayer over the candles with the eyes every week? Yeah, huh? yeah, we do, we do the, sh- the Shabbat. Uh, we're, we're Ashkenazic, uh, so we don't necessarily have the whole, like, you, you don't have to close your eyes, like, not look at the flame thing. Like, there's other people who do that. Which is great. Judaism is a whole bunch of different cultures doing different traditions all in the same room and not giving each other shit about it. You put out the you put out the drink for Elijah? Yeah, we put we put out the drink for Elijah. Of course at the end of it now, like I drink it because it's <laughs> red wine and you don't waste that. So. Of course not. Do you still live with your parents? I do, uh, mostly because I have two children to support, and that kind of takes... I didn't know you have two kids. I, I have one biologically and one, like I said by proxy, but one's like mine because I raised him. He was eight months old um, when I was dating his mother, and then now he's six years old, so I'm the only daddy, even though I'm not currently with the mother... Does he live? He still lives with you? Oh yeah, he still lives with me. The two kids live together. We we give them the uh, illusion that mommy and daddy are still together, kind of thing. She's, wow. Yeah, she still lives with me, and then on weekends she goes and hangs out with her boyfriend. I wouldn't say it's ideal, but it's what we're doing. So uh, my my kids are, you know, they're they're all right, and they were. Um, she is one of the people who supports the whole like intact America thing. So my kids are. This is okay. So this ties in. I don't know what that means either. Uh, intact America is an anti-circumcision. Oh, awesome. Uh, 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 you know, following circumcision, his choice, his decision. Yes. So Judaism has a part of a tenet of its, of its religion, which I didn't realize how integral a part until I had a son who was not circumcised. Um, 
you're supposed to give a piece of yourself to God because it's that whole part of the Abraham and Isaac, which is the weirdest thing. That's where God made Abraham his bitch when he made uh, Abraham take Isaac up on this mountain. And he says, like, hey, you know what? All right, you've been following me for a while. I know you're 100 years old, and I finally gave you a kid. I want you to kill that kid. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm making him into, uh, like, what, what was that guy in Pulp Fiction? Uh, um, the, 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 bad, the, the big bad dude who said Bruce Willis's L.A. privileges were revoked. Just kind of oh, like that kind of like uh, mob boss dude. Uh, I can't remember his name. I can't remember his name. So mob yeah. boss God tells uh, Abraham to go up on the mountain and sacrifice Isaac because, I, you know, Isaac is the thing he prizes most in the world because he thought he would never have a son. Well, he had a son. But not – he did have children, just not with Sarah, his wife. That his is old true. wife. So he had Hagar. A hundred percent. He did have children by Hagar, but yes, she was did. the slave girl, so it didn't count. It wasn't yep. like so much worse than Hagar. And and Sarah was like, "You need to send your side piece out because we she could not stay here for her kid because we're only gonna have one kid." Right. And and uh, and you know we've been fine ever since. Anyway, but um, so yeah, so God God tells Abraham go on the mountain, bring Isaac. Uh, doesn't tell him to the end, and he says like, "All right, kill Isaac." What? No, no, no. Kill Isaac. Yeah, you they, you worship me. I'm telling you to kill Isaac. They even build the pyre together. Like they he build and the his pyre. son. He makes Isaac help him. Oh yeah. And Isaac's going sitting in the story going like, What's what's going on, Dad? And and his he says to him, God will provide. Yeah, see that goes that goes with the, the whole mob thing is like having the dude dig his own grave. Yeah, he begs him to build his own pyre that he's gonna he gets to the point he ties him up on the altar. Yep, he's, he's got about the knife. to slay his son. <laughs> And God's like, no, nah, I'm just fucking with you. Yeah. Oh, it's like, all right, all right, I, I believe you. It's like, all right, we all had a real good laugh up here. Um, but yeah, you can untie him. Just find a goat. Yeah. Oh, no, the ram. The oh, find the ram. Yeah, yeah, the ram that the gets ram into with... a horn stuck in the bush. And he's like, oh, look, God provided. And yeah, you yeah. got to wonder what Isaac feels about his dad after that. He's like, like, I love I you, dad, but I don't again. trust you for shit. No way. Yeah. Are you going to kill it? That's, it's, <laughs> there's, some, there's so many crazy Bible stories that are just like, why would God play tricks like that? Uh, well, that's a funny story. No, uh, it, it, it's basically all right. So here, here's here's my view of it. I believe that there should be some sort of order in the universe. Like if everything is just learners bubbles and like the ocean waves crash against each other to a point where they created amino acids and somehow that turned into fish, which turned into people over thousands of years. That's kind of like weird in my head. So like I can kind of understand that in like a factual standpoint, but like spiritually, I want to think like there's a clockmaker behind all the clocks that are running here. Sure. So I always feel like um, I'm not one of those guys that's like you know God's keeping keeping tabs on us. I always believe that God is sort of like a, hey, all that shit you like, like I made it, and then now it's gonna run, and you can do whatever you want with it. Cause I'm I'm like a big proponent of free will. It's like all right, I got you all the tools that you wanted to live a good life, and whether or not you live a good life or not or like completely abuse the gifts i gave you like that that is a hundred percent up to you and let's see how that works out for you in the end so yep like the whole uh seven days thing like it's like oh well the, the thousands of years would have taken to cultivate a human it's like all right well let's say if we throw god in there uh who's to say that there was a 24-hour cycle that's more of a roman construct the thing that there's a 24-hour uh, day 365 days a year thing uh let's say uh since god is supposed to be all powerful that uh you know three million years that was the fourth day and he just right. said blink night blink day 
So, you know, I don't know. No, I agree with that. How long is a God day? How dare we deign in our tiny little human minds to understand what a God day is? How dare you? Yeah. Well, I mean, God is outside of time as a concept, really. I mean, if you... Yeah. Because if he started time, then he's in control of time. So calling it a day is just our allegorical understanding of trying yeah. to explain. Because all it says in the Bible is, uh, you know, uh, there was uh, there was day, there was night, and he said it was great. And then there was the next thing. No one says it's like he waited the prescribed amount of time in order to have the earth circulate around the sun to create darkness, and then blah. It's like, no, no, it's God. It's got to, like, play things. It's got all the things. It's like, it's going to be day for 5,000 years because I think it's fun. Yeah. Are you raising your kids Jewish? I am. I'm taking them to a Jewish Sunday school. So they are being raised with the tenets of Judaism. But uh, the arguments I've had with my dad is, okay, so here's what I didn't know about circumcision. According to him, circumcision is your ticket into Judaism. And I said, well, what about all those other things I spent my entire life learning about how, you know, you, you live this and you follow this and, you know, you bless this and all that. And that was all Judaism. It's like, okay, yeah, but I've been going to a Chabad for the last five years. And they're really like, yeah, you can learn that. But the real thing is getting circumcised. It's like, how is three inches of skin measure whether or not you're Jewish? And is that, I don't even know if it's three inches. I just made that up. That, that's a lot of foreskin. Um, that's like a beer koozie of foreskin. Um, well, if it was three inches around. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I never thought anything of it because I was circumcised. Actually, funny story. I was circumcised twice. That's how Jewish my dad is, is that I was circumcised. And instead of a turtleneck, they gave me a crew cut, but he wanted a T-shirt. So he took me to where my cousin, born six weeks after me, was getting circumcised and said, Hey, Moyle, uh, I know you're done with that kid, but this kid needs a little off the top. Wow. So I got second circumcised. I feel like, does that make me more Jewish? Yeah, I think it makes you, yeah, it, doubled, it doubles your Jew. It, it doubles my Jewish intake. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Um, it makes you a superhero Jew. Yeah, and so and, until then, super Jew. I actually have that shirt. <laughs> super, there's a Super Dude t-shirt. It's from uh, Funny People. Seth Rogen wears that. It's just like a Star David with an S in the middle. And I'm just like, I need that. <laughs> uh, with Adam Sandler. It's not old school. It's it's bad. Uh, but the shirt was the best part. <laughs> I don't know. It's crazy people with that big Oh, yeah, no. Oh, no, I remember that one. But, uh, yeah, no, no Super Jew in that. That was one of those things where the Jews were behind the camera but instead of in front of the camera. Right. Yeah, they they eventually shifted uh, over to the front. But yeah, in the olden days, the Jews were just the producers and directors. I have a t-shirt that um, says Holocaust Acknowledger, and there's a sewn-on yellow star, and there's an exclamation point in it. I never wear it. Yeah. It was a gift from a friend that he, he made it. He hand-painted it. And, and ironically, I have to wear my star every day. I, it's a... <laughs> So I, I know this is like going back to the game we were talking about because um, I, I wanted to say this because like I wanted to defend my star. Um, I got that over my heart after like five years of arguing with my dad and just how much it would mean to me because I grew up in the suburbs where everyone was uh, Christian or Mormon and either hated me or trying to convert me. Like there was a Jewish store that got a brick thrown through it with a swastika. And Whoa. I was the kid who got... Um, Danville. Danville. It, this was it was Lachaim and it it was in downtown Danville. Yeah, it was right there by the um, it, uh, where the psychic is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in the guitar. That's right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is not there anymore after it got a brick with a swastika. Yeah. Yeah, I knew I knew some white pride kids. I didn't hang out with them, but uh, I knew who they were. 
But I mean, like I, I got growing up as a Jewish kid and I was notoriously Jewish because I was so proud of it. I had to tell people about it, which is a stupid thing to do. But I was a weird kid. I went to John Baldwin. Uh-huh. Then I went to Charlotte Wood. Charlotte Wood. And then I went to San Ramon High. Yeah, no, straight up Danville all the way. Uh, oh, nice. Oh, you poor thing. I was I was right up the street at at a at a CPC at uh, San Ramon Valley Christian Academy SRVCA. Yeah, see, I I all right. San Ramon so, Valley Christian Academy. Is that their is that their catchphrase? No, I I made up a cheer. I used to. I, <laughs> we actually got to be cheerleaders uh, one year for basketball, but they made us wear these really egregiously long skirts. They were just so ugly. There was no point in being a cheerleader because the outfits just were not cute. That's okay. In, in like every strict form of a religion, like showing your ankles means you're a whore kind of thing. Yeah, like yeah. like uh, uh, super religious Jews wear jean skirts that go down to their ankles because you can't have something form-fitting or that's flowy and could show off your legs. So jean skirts in 98-degree weather, deal with that all year. Well, and the headscarves, like, uh, you can't show the top of your head to God because it's some kind of, like... But that's why it's not fair. Why can't women wear yarmulkes? Well, they're specifically for guys to cover their bald patches. But oh yeah, women June have has to a wear weird a, a division scarf. of sex thing. It's, yeah. And I went to Israel and I was kind of pissed off. Talk to me about the sheets having sex through the sheet. Okay. Do you know about this, Tim? I, I know. Tim I know the know sex sheet. This. Okay. So the sex sheet is basically the man is uh, restrained. Because all right, Jews have this weird thing. It's like I don't want to call it misogyny. They separate the women, but they say it's because they're elevating the women. Like they don't let them look at the Torah while the men are chanting from it. So like the 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 whole thing, the the you know the altar where you put the Torah on, it's like in front of the men. And then there's a mechitza, which is this lattice or brick wall, depending where you are, separating the men from the women. They don't sit together, and the women can't look at that. They just you know they can look up at the rabbi if he walks over to their side. But sort of like the uh, women will distract men from learning Torah. Uh, and and women uh, don't need to like cleanse themselves. They don't need to wrap to fill in or anything because they're already holy. Men need to bind themselves to God. Women are conduits of God. So it's like this division thing that is it's putting them down. But they put so much of a spin on it that's like okay, it's not misogyny like i don't know i i went to israel and it was all fucked up so anyway the fucking through a sheet fucking through a sheet is uh dude is restrained down because we're animals and my uh, uh genitals a hole is cut through a sheet with which my genitals spring forth and a woman can do whatever she wants no so jews are cool because they're already into cowgirl like we don't, we totally skip missionary. We're just straight into cowgirl. The woman has to be on top because the man is being restrained by the sheet. There's a hole cut in the sheet, and then because he can't do anything, because he could maybe hurt her or right. defile her or demean her in some way, so she yep. can do whatever she wants on top of him. But he just has to lay there with a sheet on him. Well, there's some BDSM in that. Like there's there's some. <laughs> The, the pedestal being their dick, yes. Yes. Literally affixed to the pedestal. A fi- yeah. Sure. The man's so bad, he's got to be tied up. And the woman's so special that she's got to be, you know, that, you know, she's this holy thing. Yep. She can't read the Bible because she's already holy. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty much we're going to exclude you from these activities because you don't need to do them. So it's, what's, so it's like, 
It's like not getting picked for the softball team because you're not saying that, well, softball's for men only. It's like, you don't need to. You guys are already the best. It would be unfair if we let you play. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's great. Oh, it's like, it's like uh, those, those uh, it's a compliment salt. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, I'm very familiar with them. Um, yeah, ironically, made by Jews. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? I, the, uh, I, I, I dated a Jewish girl for six years. Yeah. Because, uh, there was things that like I didn't even realize were insults until like three days later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know because we're we're really good at like Smooth. using our words. Yeah, she was a, she was an editor, uh, so she was really good. With ah, she was a cunning linguist. Ha. Uh, yeah. I was a summer camp counselor at the Jewish Community Center for eight years, so uh, I I know a lot of the stories and the songs, stuff like the Yama Vakedma Safona Venegma, Yama Vakedma Safona Venegma, North, yeah. South, East, West. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Put a backbeat behind <laughs> David Melch Israel. Let's this do was that. always this was always one of my favorite ones. Uh, it goes. Don't walk in front of me, I may, may not, not follow. Don't walk in front of me, I may not follow. Don't walk in front of me, I may not follow. Don't walk in front of me, I may not follow. The way it's translated is, don't walk in front of me, I may not follow. Don't walk behind me, I may not lead. Just walk beside me and be my friend. And together, we will walk on the path of Hashem. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I know the songs. But that always, Lo Yisagoy always made me, so, made me think, because I'd be like, are they singing a song about me? I'm the goy in the room? <laughs> or like if it was... It no, was you're good. considered a shiksa. A shiksa. Yeah. Oh, I see. You would, you would be the goy. Yes. <laughs> it sounds too much like Gollum. Uh, the red the red tent always interested me. Oh, my God. Okay, I was even thinking about telling this. I'm like, what yeah. are some badass Jewish stories? The red tent stuff is red. Okay, so the red tent stuff is cool. Um, I don't know if this part of it is in the book because I only read half the book, but I, I understand the whole, like, red tent masturbating, uh, keep you separate thing. One of my favorite stories from the entire Torah is uh, Jacob and his tribes are going outside the cities. They are told that they have to stay outside the cities. They cannot commingle because most of the cities are pagans. So they don't want to um, like dilute the religion and, and have like some, uh, some of the, the, the tribesmen who are all the chosen people go and join the pagan people. So a prince, depending on how you look at it, either kidnaps or falls in love with one of Jacob's daughters. And, uh, you know, the, the brothers and whatever want to kill him. And Jacob says, like, no, 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 bring him to me. So they bring the, the daughter and the, uh, the guy who was a prince of the town. And they says, all right, you want to marry my daughter? Then you all need to convert. And he's like, OK, what do we need to do? And he's like, all right, I need you and every male in the city to be circumcised. <laughs> and this dude's like, I don't know if that was like she was just putting out something fierce. So he's like, yes, I will have every person in my city circumcised because, you know, if you're the prince, you can do that. And so they all get circumcised during their recovery period that night. Jacob's sons ransack the entire city and murder every male every single one murder every male depending on how you hear the story they also may or may not have raped the females but they murder every single male because we need to keep you know 
the 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 bloodline pure. We can't. We're, we're like we're monotheists. We don't we don't mix with that. And that was just our way of tricking them. Which one? If the only time you see uh, Jews is Woody Allen, they're way more badass than that. But like that. That's probably the most evil thing uh, that I, I heard. And so it's sort of like, oh, wow, we suck. Like that was, wow. Cause like, here's the thing is like, all right, all right. If you don't go by the story saying that he kidnapped the person that we just outsmarted this evil guy. If you take it as like, you know, he fell in love with this girl that was outside the city limits and then said that, yeah, I'll do this thing for, uh, for, for your religion. So we can made be together. Made a covenant and was rejected. Made a covenant with yep. God and rejected Jacob. with knives. Rejected with knives. Yes. That's insult to injury. First chop off your dick and then kill you. Yes. Crafty. Well, not all of it. I, I go by South Park's thing. It's like, like we snip it so it looks bigger. Ha 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 ha. Hey, so there's a few things from the Bible uh, that I enjoy for their insanity, uh, and one of them is the story of Esther. Oh, yeah. Because she is one of the only two females in the Bible. Uh, books about her in the Bible, not the females, but just... M- Miriam gets short shrift. Right. Well, she and, gets and she gets cursed with leprosy. <laughs> Is, but Miriam isn't a book in the Bible, is it? No, no. it's not. It's not a book in the Bible. But uh, Miriam was Aaron and Moses' sister, oh. and uh, she leads the women in dancing after the Egyptians are drowned in the Cantor's son. I know all these stories. So uh, she she leads uh, the the women in uh, dancing and singing as the Egyptians are drowned. And Moses says that it's like no, we don't we don't uh, bless death. We don't uh, say that our enemies are drowned, so we celebrate. We can celebrate our freedom, but not the death of our enemies. And, like, God stricken her with leprosy, and Moses and Aaron have to, like, pray and stay in the, the, the temple room for, for days on end and fast in order for him to raise her leprosy. Well, and Moses liked Miriam because wasn't she the one that put him in the basket of reeds and stuck him in the river? Yeah, yeah, that's the older sister. Oh, that's the older sister. Moses's older sister. We moved this into the uh, sorry Charlton Heston movie too. I mean, like, come on, you haven't seen Ten Commandments? It's on every year. It's true. Yeah. 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 I mean, they're they're weird stories, and and like, what kind of point do they prove? So there were no copy editors at the time that the Torah was made, so they pretty much were like, "Does this sound good? Yeah, it sounds great. Let's just run with it." Well, Esther saved her enti- she, sa- she saved the entire Jewish people. How? Was she good at puzzles? Was she clever? No. She had a hot rack and didn't look Jewy. Yep. The, the, it's absolutely true. Yep. The, the, king, the king got mad at his wife, Vashti. Queen, uh, Vashti, because... She wouldn't strip naked and dance. She, she wouldn't, yeah, she wouldn't walk. They were having a big party, and she was having a party with the ladies, and he was having a party with the guys, and he was like... Come on, baby, let me see you shake a tail for Yeah, he's like, show show these guys how hot you are, how you're the hottest girl in the land. I want you to walk around naked and all this stuff. And she said, fuck you. So he goes, aha, well, I'm not going to kill you, but I am going to get you out of here. Get out of here. And he she's, exiles her. The, the world's first feminist was banished. Yeah, so she's banished. And then he says, I'm going to have like a contest to find my new wife. Open auditions. Open auditions. And Mordecai goes, oh, shit. Oh, hold on. Mordecai topped you. In the town. He was their top Jew. Big. Oh, it, uh, we don't know. But he's top Jew. That's not the important part. But he's got, he's, he has his niece or something is, is Hadassah. And he says, hey, Hadassah, let's change your name to Esther so you don't look so, you don't sound so Jewy. Yeah. And you're so pretty. 
I'm gonna send you in to the courtesans. We're gonna make, we're gonna work this out. So the king, he does see her, and he's like, ah, she's the most beautiful. I want this woman, and. And then there's weird stuff. Mordecai, they try to, he does something and they want to kill him. And then she says no. And then. Oh, you're, you're missing the main part of that story because that is Purim, which is like Jewish Halloween. Right. Which, which is great. Another good thing about Judaism, if people are thinking about converting, there is not one, but two religious days where you are commanded to drink. So the story of Purim is uh, they, they try to mix it because they always, it's the story of Esther, but they pump it up that it's, you know, these two guys, Mordecai and Haman, Gragor, Gragor, Gragor. You're supposed to make noise so you drown out Haman's name. You're supposed to get so drunk on that day you can't tell Mordecai from Haman, the guy who's trying to save the Jews from the guy who was trying to murder all of them, which is cool when a 50-year-old rabbi with a giant beard is like handing me tiny airplane-sized bottles of tequila. <laughs> it is a good night. It's a very good night. Um, but oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Story the actual story. <clears throat> All right. So Ahasuerus can't say that five times fast. Uh, was he king of a kingdom of Shushan? After he gets rid of Vashti, he has uh, open auditions for his next wife. Mordecai says, "Hey, Hadassah, you're Esther now." <clears throat> Esther uh, auditions and she be banging so uh, Ahasuerus marries her because this is Mordecai's plot again they have a woman as a sort of a tool used by men king is non-Jew, uh, the wife is now Jewish. Uh, Mordecai had it because he was trying to save the Jews because they were persecuted in the town. And Mordecai, being a Jew, uh, there's one tenant where, like, we don't kneel. Like, you know how uh, Catholics uh, and right. Christians, they have that kneeling bar? Uh, Jews don't kneel in front of anyone. Like, we'll bow to God, and there's a bunch of, like, they call it davening. If you, like, bow real quick while you're saying a prayer real quick, it's, it's kind of like, you know, uh, Hasidic headbanging kind of deal. Uh, so... Mordecai would not kneel when Haman, the king's advisor, would go through the town. So Haman said, hey, we got to kill the Jews. And the whole deal with uh, what Esther did was uh, she makes this big meal, big meal for, uh, you know, um, Ahasuerus and Haman and his wife and all that and everybody. And they all enjoy and they love and they have a good time. And it's sort of like, you know, to to placate the king's like, hey, Haman, I'll tell you if you can kill all the Jews after we eat this good meal. So three nights in a row, Esther does that. Uh, and, and, oh shit, there's this other thing where like Mordecai uncovers this plot to kill the king and he like, uh, informs Esther who like says it kind of thing. So, so in a way like Mordecai saved the king's life. Yeah. Top two, top two saves king's life. Whoop, whoop. All right. And, uh, so after the third night of all the feasting and whatnot, uh, Haman's like, Hey King, can we really get to this whole, I want to kill the Jews thing? And Esther says, it's like, Oh, why would you want to kill me? And the king's like, what? And it's like, that's right. I'm Jewish. And the person who saved your life was uh, Mordecai, it was like, who was also a Jew. So would you murder the person who ki- saved the king's life? And he's like, oh, man, I got to rethink this. And Haman's like, no, 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 I killed the Jews. And he's like, no, I got a better idea. And he just, like, kills Haman and all of his, like, and then we have a Jewish holiday around, like, Haman. There's even, like, this thing where there's this big tree, and, like, Haman's seven sons are hanging from it. Like, that's some sort of holy uh, picture of, it's like, yay, let's celebrate seven bodies hanging from this tree. I don't know why that's not a horror movie. You know, that's the thing, though. That's Conjuring 3. You're, you're not allowed to dance 
around the because they killed all the um, the sons. The, yeah, yeah. The, they, but then the, they're fine with that. So we're, you're celebrating. Oh, you can the kill people, people as long as you don't celebrate it. You can yeah. celebrate this other thing. It's kind of like when Moses was telling Miriam, it's like, no, 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 we're celebrating that we're free, not celebrating that they're that. So even then, Jews were way into semantics. <laughs> this is awesome. You're giving me all the. <laughs> All the backstory. I'm uh, here to help. <laughs> the other guy, the other guy I like a lot is is Samson, and I never understood why he tied. He killed all those poor foxes. He tied burning stakes oh, yeah. to yeah. foxes' yep. tails, and he sent them into a field to burn their enemies' crops or something. God is so into killing animals in in in, in like ancient times. Like I don't even know when that specifically stopped being a thing. Like it's like, hey, we have the goat offering and the sheep offering, but no, it's like, hey, let's use animals to like murder and then also kill them and later eat them. Probably, I but hope so. Those poor foxes, they're so cute, and then yeah lit their tails on fire and set them running through a field to burn yep. the field. Yep, burn burn their crops, starve them out. Uh, uh, yeah, they did a foxtrot. The old the oh, old uh, the old testament the is brutal. It is brutal. Yeah. It's Oh, I'm I'm not even Sean, there. John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Uh, yeah, we uh Jews Jews check out Jesus after Deuteronomy. Stuff, that's, new, that's new that's New Testament stuff. Yeah, so uh, there, there's a couple other books. That, I didn't even know that there were other books in the Old Testament that are after Deuteronomy. Oh, yeah. Because uh, Jews stopped. The end of the Torah is Moses goes up on a uh, um, on a hill so he can see the Holy Land that they finally reach. He can't go in because he had like a prideful moment about halfway through. Uh, and so God's like, all right, cool. You can look at this, but like you can't go in. Suck it. And um, he, he anoints Joshua. And then he gives a giant speech, which is the entirety of Deuteronomy, and then dies. Joshua and that's is, it. And then we're done. It be, so you don't have the Jericho battle. You know about it. But yeah, it's no, no, we it. know about that. Right. It's, but it's not specifically in the book. Um, it's like a Talmudish thing. I don't know. Uh, Jericho, Joshua is an interesting fellow, and I learned a lot. The one thing I take from his story is he that— He was a PIMP. Well, he was recruiting his—he uh, was recruiting for his army, and God told him— take them to the river and watch the way they drink the water. And so he took the people, the men who cupped their hands and drank, he took them into his army. And the ones that laid down like a dog and slurped it out of the river, he did not take. And why? Because the ones that cupped out of their hands were smart enough to see if the enemy was coming. Like you, you don't la- leave yourself unprotected if you scoop water from the river and yep. drink it. Whereas if you lay down on the ground and slurp it up, someone could just come up from behind and chop your head off. So I was like... This is in the Bible? Like, oh, yeah. Wow. They had some Sun Tzu stuff. They had some Semitic Sun Tzu. Wow. Semitic Sun Tzu. Yeah, that's Love going it. on a wall somewhere. Yeah. I've coined that. Semitic yeah. Sun Tzu. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do you believe in afterlife? you believe in heaven? you believe? Jews have this weird concept of the afterlife because, like, I've heard from some people that we don't really have one, but there is a mysticism uh, portion of Judaism which no, gets— crazy oh me oh yeah no i believe in the that all right so here's here's my idea of the afterlife and i've taken it from some stories i read about jewish mysticism and that the afterlife is essentially uh like your your best day everyone is their idealized self so it's like your family you know your your work or whatever you do that day it's just everything everyone is the best that they can be everyone is just and you just repeat it's like a happy groundhog day <laughs> just just that for eternity it's just like everyone having the best day you get the wife and kids breakfast in bed kids hug you all that stuff 
just, just like that. So that's uh, that. That's why I've kind of viewed as heaven. You know, you know, maybe you get to see you know all the cool people. Like I can like fist bump MLK. Like that'd be cool. But you know, m- mostly I I believe that Jewish mysticism gets crazy. You ever see the movie Pie? Yeah. Where they had that whole like sect of rabbis that start beating up that dude because they thought that the uh, the numbers that he had in his head coincided with the Hebrew letters, which like the numbers uh, the the Hebrew letters had numbers associated with them, but they are also words of power. That whole like uh, monster story, go- the Golem, where they would oh. uh, write God's name on this slab of mud and it would come to life. So Jewish mysticism believes that there's sort of like magic that you can do knowing like the number of God as corresponding to Hebrew letters. So they were trying to find that out from him. It's really, it's a, it's a weird movie. Jewish mysticism is kind of like, that should be a parallel Harry Potter series. It's just <laughs> Jewish mystics, mystics, like just, just doing all that. Madonna's into it. Oh yeah, she's, she's totally into Kabbalah. That's like the one person where I'm like, eh, you could keep her. You can keep that girl from Jersey. We can, you know, we, we don't have to, who's somehow British now. Right, yeah, when did, I don't know. She did Around her own the time conversion. she married the dude who made Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Guy, I think she, she, Guy, yeah, Ritchie. Guy Ritchie, she just like somehow adopted a British accent. I'm like, all right, well, she's been performing her entire life, so here's another act is her actual life. Is this da- kind of like Danish, Danish accent. You get an accent from where you're born right like like and you grew up in that like there were people who could live here for 10 years but they live their first 15 years in london so they still have a british accent like i don't get people who it's like i'm 35 and i talk like this now uh so maybe it's for them kind of yeah <laughs> and the last time you saw him, he was like, hey, what's up, man? Yeah. Yeah, you, 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 you put a show on for kids. I, I, in my situation, I can understand putting the show on for the kids. I can't believe you have two kids. I never, I didn't know that. Yeah. You never have jokes about your kids. I, I, well, I, I have it, but I have it in my clean set. I don't, like, try to incorporate uh, my kids into any dirty jokes. Like, I have, all right, so I have a six-year-old. He's in first grade. His name is Chase. Uh, I didn't get to name him. I would have named him after a different bank if it was up to me. <laughs> um, and then I had uh, Rory, who I lost Rochambeau, so I named his middle name, which is Ezra. So he's Rory Ezra, but no one ever calls him Ezra except for me because I thought it would be cool to call him Little Ezzy, but fuck it. Uh, so he's mine biologically. So they, they grew up together. Thankfully, How old is Little Ezzy? Little Ezzy is uh, going to be four this month oh. on the 27th, 11-27-12. Wow. That's right. Father doesn't forget. That's how you know they're real men. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I don't really incorporate them into my jokes too much, except like uh, I had this thing in Arinda, which honestly, if you're going to do comedy in the suburbs, you have to like sanitize it completely. So I had this whole thing about how um, like they, they would get sick at the same time. They would play together so they would have the same germs. So they were um, they, they both got food poisoning. Uh, from like school chicken nuggets and they were both sick and it was coming out both ends and I said it looked like a a biological Bellagio fountain just kind of like like in swear it's like it's like oh it was disgusting but it synced up great to dark side of the moon so (laughs) it's funny yeah uh 
it's the the thing oh no at the it's end Vegas the, Vegas is as close as Vegas we got, the yeah. end of the the end of movies they oftentimes have the things that shoot oh, up in the air. It's a really pretty one. It looks like an orgy. What? Oh, Trevi Fountain. Trevi Fountain. Yeah, I'm I'm boned up in my Italian orgy scenes. Caligula. Yeah. Uh, we had to look that up last night. My Jonathan didn't know what that meant. What Caligula's? Yeah, oh. he didn't because we were watching. That's a Cinemax after dark ex- explanation. Right. Well, we were watching the West World and there was an orgy scene and everybody got all up in arms in it and I'm like. I'm like they were they were all painted gold anyways. It was a total homage to Caligula. What? Okay, and I didn't see that episode, so it's episode slight, five. Slight spoiler. Yeah, okay. sorry about that. But there was a huge people are in uproar. They're like, "You showed an orgy, you gross HBO," and I'm like, "If you clearly didn't see like the nod to Caligula in this opulence, uh, yeah, yes. it, well, in this particular like scene, then you're you're an idiot." Well, so, uh, I'm like, how, how? I mean, HBO can't get super graphic. I know the Caligula movie was partially done by Hustler, so oh. so they got graphic with their stuff. But I mean, like HBO, they can't. Like it's all, it's like Merkin's a plenty, right? Like, right. Yeah, Merkin's a plenty, and yeah. there were some things where she was walking by and people were getting blowjobs, and you could see the person's head bobbing up and down, but you didn't see anything. That is the extent of HBO. What? Yeah, I'm trailer park boys. Oh, oh, that's the other thing. Okay, I think I think the the laws of nudity is that if a woman can it can be complete like on pay cable can be completely naked as long as she's by herself and not touching herself. So it can't be sexual, it can only be anatomical. She was okay. Boom. Yeah. There you go. Solve that mystery. Yeah. So you can get straight up labes uh, in that shot because she is just telling the weather. Yeah. Where where did you go to school? Who, me? Yeah, but I mean, not high school. Where'd you go to college? Uh, UC Riverside. Oh! Which which I liked a lot, except for the getting mugged twice. Oh my uh, god, in Riverside? Yeah, yeah. Oh, are you not? That's like the meth capital of California. Really? Everyone says they're the. I went to UC San Diego, and they say that San Diego's the meth cal- capital of California. People from Modesto say Modesto is the meth capital of California. Everyone used, says it's the meth capital. I used capital. to joke that, that UCR was uh, LA's asshole because it was uh, a thousand degrees hotter than LA, so all the gas and stuff we would have like this smoggy fog just 24 7 over us and it'd be 119 degrees so it felt like i was going to school in purgatory uh-huh. it, it was pretty good but i did like the the, the diversity was great because the school was 62 percent asian and when the minority is the majority it kind of like flips all the rules and everyone gets together better huh it was kind of cool. i mean we did have some dust-ups between the hillel and the uh msu the muslim student union uh, which, oh yeah, I was in A Pi. I was in the Jew frat. Oh, nice. Yeah, I had, I had to quit it, though, because they were making some uh, homophobic jokes about my cousin, and uh, a couple of the guys were a little rapey, and I called them out at a party, and they kind of made me persona non grata, and I'm like, cool, I'm not paying you dues anymore. Wow. Yeah, no, no, no. We had a straight-up dude who was like Russia, Russian Jew, so you know, like manly Jew, and he totally had this girl cornered. I was like, oh, hey, man, let's go check out this thing over here. He's like, no, no, I'm good. I'm like, no, 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 you really got to see this. It's like, no, it's like, no, you're not good, man. We need to go now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and uh, Ilya did not like me. I'm. He's not going to hear this, so it's like, fuck you, Ilya. All right, there we go. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Was his last name Luminetsky? No, I wish. I forget his last name over the I have a friend years Luminesky. of alcohol abuse that I've suffered. Uh, so we went to UC Riverside. Uh, what else about, we're going to, we're going to, our hours, that was a quick hour. I know. We learned I'm, a lot. 
I'm I'm a chatterbox. No, we it's could, great. You could do a part two to this. I got more stuff. You've got you're the you're our, you're our new juice scholar. I uh, I mean I've studied the Bible for years and years, uh, so I know a lot of the Old Testament stories. But you have the whole inside tip with the Cantor Dad thing. Yeah, I still. Oh God, he drilled me into my Torah portion. I still have that memorized. My my first portion. How how was your bat mitzvah? Bar mitzvah. Excuse me. Bar mitzvah. Bar, <laughs> my bar, my bar, bar mitzvah was good. My my dad is. I don't want to say he's like a super. Who did you person. invite though in Danville? If no, there were no Jews. Uh, I invited family from New York came because oh. my dad was born in Brooklyn. Most of my family lived on the East Coast. They were all up and down like Long Island, uh, New York, Pennsylvania. So like they they all came. Oh, in Vegas, there's a huge Jewish population in Vegas. So wow. they all came. Actually, my cousin came. Um, my cousin's Marty Friedman from Megadeth. Oh, what? Yeah. So that's, what? That's one of those things. Yeah, no, he's Jewish. I mean, Jonathan I know. would freak out. <laughs> he will freak out when he listens. Yeah, so, so my dad's thing was, um, he wanted me to basically lead it. So he was telling the rabbi to take a powder. So he taught me how to lead an entire service. Wow. And I and I did it, and and I was good at it. No one has done it since, because they don't need to. But to my dad, it's like, oh, none of them could have done it, but you could have done. It. Like I did. It's like I love my dad. A lot of the stuff that I um, do out of respect for Judaism, I more do out of respect. For him huh. I still believe in God and all that but the whole cost root law thing that's kind of like for my dad and then now it's sort of a force of habit besides turkey bacon's better for you and I'm fat enough you know so, <laughs> so I don't need to ha- add pork onto the fire there you go yeah uh what <laughs> I, I love bacon what is that's the, okay we can still be friends what is the worst thing about living in Danville the worst thing about living in Danville, God, you're forced me to choose. Um, the worst thing, all right, when I was doing, uh, okay, when I, when I, all right, when I got my learner's permit and I had to go into the instructor's car and the instructor was super Catholic and had a Virgin Mary at every point that you could look at in a car wow. so that if she was looking in the rear view mirror, if she was looking over her shoulder, she was looking out the right side mirror, no matter where she was looking, she could always see the Virgin Mary. So she's trying to read my name and she's like, it's Rubenfeld. And she's like, Rubensfeld, 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 like she's adding consonants that don't exist there. I'm like, it's Rubenfeld. And she's like, oh, are you Jewish? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I am. And she goes, what do you eat? Like like how you ask the guy at the zoo, it's like, what what does the Okapi eat? And it's like, <laughs> so I was super angry and, you know, 17 and a dick. So I was like, oh, mostly the blood of the innocent. <laughs> I, I failed that, but just the sort of like, the worst part about living in, in Danville and, and being Jewish is that no one knows what that is, even though that's literally the oldest thing in the world. Right. Like it's it, this is the oldest monotheistic religion, and again, like I love all religions. We're all branches off the same tree. We're not separate. Uh, Blackhawk, actually. You were Blackhawk. I was Blackhawk. Oh shit! There are. No, why did actually, you go to San Ramon? That doesn't make sense. If you lived in Blackhawk, uh, why would you go to Charlotte Wood? Greenbrook was overcrowded, so they rooted me over to John Baldwin. John Baldwin goes to Charlotte Wood, sure, yeah. not Los Cerros, and then that goes to San Ramon, not Monte Vista. Well, your and I parents, want to hang out with my friends. Your parents are nice because I went to Los Cerros, yeah. and then my parents made me go to San Ramon, but my brother got to go to Monte Vista. So all my friends from junior high uh, I went to, hang to with my Monte friends. Vista. And I had to go to San Ramon, and every I, I was not liked. It was very my freshman and sophomore year were very difficult. Uh, I I was not liked either uh, because I was a weird and uh, you know b Jewish. So um, I I decided that I would just be the weirdest fucking person you've ever seen, and I didn't get yeah I didn't get picked on anymore. You just become a crazy person.
Because you thought divorce was catchy? Really? Really? Monta Vista parents were worried about supervising children. Oh, De La Salle. All right, De La Salle. I was saying, okay, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, latchkey kid. See, that's something that's like worn with pride if you uh, grew up in Brooklyn, like hanging out on a stoop because your parents had the keys to the house so you couldn't go in. Yeah, latchkey doesn't really make sense in the suburbs. So you made the best of a bad situation. Yeah, I mean, we stood up for ourselves. I mean, you have one other friend whose parents were divorced, and then slowly, you know, this is in sixth or seventh grade, and then slowly, by the end of the grade, you know, one half of them, 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 one half of And 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 uh, <laughs> less we're still together than we're married. Wait, did I say that right? Less so, we're, yeah, less yeah. We're still together than we're so you were the uh, king because you were the one who had lived with yeah, it the we longest. Were, yeah, that class. You were the alpha. Kids, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. So did they look up to you after that? Nobody looked up to me at all. Oh, okay. So do you still live in Blackhawk? Uh, I still do, uh, living upstairs <gasps> in my parents' house. Yeah, with with, with my kids in uh, in Blackhawk. I used to in two rooms. Yeah. When um, before I went to college in ninety, no, I graduated from college in ninety six. So it was ninety two. I worked in the Italian restaurant in the, you know, in the mall that's in Blackhawk that has the car car museum at the top. Oh. With the pretty yeah, the pretty. I remember that through. Italian restaurant. It is a Mexican restaurant. It's uh, well, when it was an Italian restaurant, yes, I, I worked that. there, and the. Oh, nice. And I, I, uh, I, I did not. <laughs> I was, I ran their childcare, I ran their daycare center in the morning. So I would, I was there like every day, all day long at Blackhawk because I, I'd, I'd go to the, uh, there used to be a workout club there, a gym. Oh, there still is. There still is. So at that gym, I was the daycare person. So I did that from like seven thirty. Blackhawk Grill is still there. Is the only OG restaurant there. Everything else Everything is else uh, new and quote unquote improved. I worked at, so it was the, the children's thing at the workout place, and then across, right across from there was an Italian restaurant. And I was, a, I was, a, I did a daytime shift. I was like, so I, I worked from like 7.30 to, I Oh, really the Blackhawk Pizza is still there. They no, still no, no, Blackhawk. I worked at Primo's Pizza down in downtown Danville. Oh, though. that's still pretty good, too. I worked at that place, too. I don't remember that. I think that was gone before I got there. I know there was Blackhawk Pizza, but that's the only pizza place that's over there. Well, there was Garlic's. Gar my brother was a, my brother was a delivery for person years. for Garlic's. Yeah. My brother was a delivery driver yeah. for that. I know. Oh wait, I worked with him. Dan Benjamin. Probably yeah. How old are you though? You're young. And I'm 36. Oh okay. My brother's 43 now. So well, it, I didn't know him because we were playing. I was really young when I worked there. Um, all these guys were in a band called. He wasn't. How anything. are we in the Mission District right now, and somehow all grew up in the shitty suburb, the same place? I remember. I loved Lord's ice cream because they yes. had the they had the candy. They had the um, 
I cried when they closed that and they turned into a Baskin Robbins. Oh, which, they did. They what, had already had a Baskin Robbins down the street. What the fuck? Well, no, that that Baskin Robbins closed because it turns out that the the male owner of that had like a security camera in when people were changing into their Baskin Robbins outfit. <laughs> Whoops. Whoops. I used to go that that was my Baskin Robbins. I would walk down there. And, but yeah. so they turned the Lords into a basket. That is really sad cuz their candy was really good. They had this dark chocolate covered honeycomb that was really delicious. Yeah, oh. they still have lords. They, uh, but I, I mean, like the the only thing they have right there now is um, they they have like not one, not two, but like three in the different shopping centers. Um, the the yogurt, frozen yogurt. The whole I worked at Yogurt Park in yeah, in, your own. in uh down in, right yes. next to the Burger King. Yep. I worked at Yogurt Park. That's still there. When I was in high school, That's and Tony Roma's. Tony Roma's. I used to hang out at the Burger King I there because they had that like covered patio with the yeah, bench out there. The, yeah, I hung out there. Well, I worked right across the street. When I was a kid, I spent a lot of time in the library that was right there across yep. the street from there. But Still go there. Right by take Charlotte my kids Wood. There. Dude, that place is the bomb because they have um, uh, movies in the park now that I can take my kids to for free. And they have like Finding Nemo. So it's like everyone piles up on the lawn. They put this big like inflatable projection screen and in front of the, the uh, library. Yeah, the Danville Library. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. Th- this one has like a nice, like, it's like in a tucked away street. Danville is like Disneyland bourgeois, do you know what I mean? It's so, <laughs> uh, it filled with white people, yeah, we had four, I mean, I don't know how many black people were at San Ramon when you were there, but there were four. Oh, like four, yeah, yeah, it was there. pretty much the same thing. Randy like- Wynn, Randy Wynn was one of them who ended up playing for both the Mariners and the Giants before they won a World Series. Randy Wynn was in my class. He was a basketball player, actually. Mark Madsen was yes, another basketball player. Yes, Mark Madsen. That he was played for the my, Lakers. That was my person to look up to was Mark Madsen, who was Mormon. Uh, and that, that was the family my dad was friends with. So we would go to Mormon days, and it would be fun to do all these events. And then, like, all these people I found out were being super nice because they were trying to convert me and get, like, credit for it. Wow. Converting a Jew to Mormonism, that is, a, that is some serious credit upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad. This was great, Adam Rubenfeld. This was really fun. We learned so much. We talked about religion as we're supposed to on the show. Usually <laughs> people don't actually have a background. They're like, Ugh, I was raised Catholic, but now I don't believe in anything. And I'm like, all right, we can't have any more atheists on this show. We need <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Happy to fill that in. I got more Bible stories. Bible stories. Well, thank you so much, Adam Rubenfeld. Coming up next, do you want a break before you pervert fervor, or do you want to? Yeah, we'll put on we'll put on some stuff in between. Yeah, then I'll just plug the. You can get now. You can get pervert fervor on iTunes podcast for free. Oh wow. Yes. Hey, are we on iTunes yet? Yeah. We're on iTunes. Some call me Tim. I need to do that. Because then pervert fervor will be on there too again. Yeah, double, yeah, yeah. double on, double on, double up. Uh, everybody coming back right after this. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to Adam Rubenfeld. We'll be back in a few minutes with Pervert Fervor. Bye-bye. FM. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk, mutiny radio. FM has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Good evening there, my
my friends here at MutinyRadio.Evan. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Want to go to Burning Man, but you don't have the right goggles, costume, or attitude? Visit 20 Mission Hive at 2415 Mission Street between 20th and 21st in the heart of the Mission District. Easily accessible by BART, this collective of unique artists and vendors has eclectic handmade clothing, leatherwork, artisan jewelry, antiques, crystals, and there's even an amazing florist. Whisper pirate ship to your 20 Mission Hive vendor for a special 10% discount on the coolest, most original items in San Francisco. That's 20 Mission Hive with eight vendors and like them on Facebook at 20 Mission Hive. 20 Mission Hive for awesome events and updates. The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk. Come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds.
Do you need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsidai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now well hey there San Francisco if you're looking for some delicious late night food I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar inside you can find counter offer and offering you amazing late night food and snacks try the chicken biscuit it's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado they have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini, and creamy-licious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They get them! And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads gonna come up with next? Go to the counter inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco is located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. happy hour what could be happier than 23 comics doing jokes for each other and at a radio listening audience puppets kittens unicorns porn maybe oh well stage time makes them happy and this super happy comedy open mic is open every friday from 6 to 8 p.m but you can also listen anytime by downloading the podcast at mutiny radio fm index at podcasts.pcrcollective.org so come live or listen later or 
to every happy hour mic Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. at Radio FL Mutiny Radio. I just fucked that up again. What the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah! I got it. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m.s at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo!